welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm once again joined by my podcast sidekick. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Craig. I'm a, I'm a sidekick now, am I? Yeah, yeah. You've been previously been a co-host, but you're a sidekick. That sounds like a downgrade. Now I'm just your sidekick. Um, I'm not sure. No, it's a, a sideways <laughs> set. Hello, Craig. Yeah, nice to be on again as we do our usual review of the, the weekend's SPL games. Celtic extend the lead at the top. Hearts run comes to an end. And uh, we'll also have a wee look again, although we thought it was all over and done with last week, but we look at again at the issue between the SPL and Hearts and, of course, a look ahead to next week's SPL games and the League Cup games. Uh, the, the Hearts discussion will be interesting. And joining us is one of the, the few people who actually like Motherwell's grey strip. Hello, Greg. <laughs> How are we doing, lads? How are we doing? It's, uh, it's nice to be joining Scottish football's answer to cannon and ball here with the new uh, sidekick patter love that <laughs> who's uh who's tommy cannon who's bobby ball i'm too young for that greg so am I. I don't know what you're talking about so am I. some chance i like how i liked how greg actually referred to what was it on saturday you referred to the, the kit is gray to me it's, it's the first yes. time i've heard you call it gray it used to be silver when it was lucky but since you don't win in it it's turned gray it's went a bit i think it's now the jink the jinx grey number, I think it's uh, referred to. <laughs> so I, w- I was trying to get two guests on the podcast this week, so I sent Chris a message earlier and unfortunately can't make it because it's his wife's birthday and he has treated her to a spa day. And Why is he going? I got, a, I got a message, yeah. Somehow he's tagged along and he mentioned that he's enjoyed a facial today. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of spa is this? <laughs> is he working at this perhaps, one? That's what floats his boat. Dear. Perhaps he's a perhaps he's treated a, a pearl necklace. Oh no! How is it coming? Is a spa day not like the women's answer to a guy getting to go to the football with the lads? You know, go to the spa day, get away. I didn't know that. I think so. I don't know why. I don't know why he's went along. I, bet him. I, I bet think she, he insisted. I bet she. I bet he's dragged her along. It's a. He's <laughs> probably getting his nails done. Well, that's what I said to him. I said, are you getting your nails done? And he dismissed that. He said, that's a nail bar, <laughs> not a spa. What, what do I know? I get that done on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'd uh, look at the, the Scottish Cup fourth round replay games during the week. And uh, the first one up I thought I'd mention is the Hamilton versus St Mirren game, which finished 1-0 to St Mirren. Prediction-wise, we had done it a little bit different. And I and we just picked the the winner, and I picked St Mirren to win in ninety minutes. So I'll take however many points are available in this special prediction. Zero, Laurie, zero. <laughs> you, do, you went for Hamilton and penalties, so you get nothing. Then. Chris, I don't even think he gave a prediction, so I've not I've not got nothing down for him. <laughs> so the next game up was Kelly against Dundee, which finished two one to Kelly. You're not going to talk about it. I didn't see the highlights myself. You didn't even watch them? Uh, I didn't even watch them, no. All I remember is £35,000 man hitting the bar with quite a good shot, or maybe the post. That's all I can remember. I did watch the highlights, but they were pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the highlight is the, the, the Aki's getting pumped at the cup again, so that's the only highlight you need to discuss there. <laughs> so the other game on Tuesday was Kelly against Dundee, which Kelly won 2-1. Again, we went for this uh, who's going to win rather than the scoreline prediction. I predicted Dundee to win, so zero points for me. Laurie, you had predicted Kelly to win. I think you'd went 1-0. So although you predicted Kelly to win, that's correct. You got the scoreline wrong, so you get zero points. You just said we weren't doing the scoreline. I mean, you're backtracking already. Ah, well, you've picked, you picked a scoreline. I don't know, it doesn't matter. We don't even get points for this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Chris picked Kelly as well and on Wednesday night it was Dunfermline against Inverness which finished 3-1 to Inverness after extra time I went for an Inverness victory so I got some points Laura you went for Inverness victory again and Chris as well so we, we all got that right I didn't really watch much of the game I've got to be honest and I flicked over to El Clasico but I did manage to see the, the wee bit of a tussle between Hayes and Foran did you see it? 
by handbags. It was a three. It was a three-way with a you know without wanting to lower the tone of the conversation anymore. Aye, Greg, <laughs> take note. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that that's not um, deemed violent conduct. I mean, I don't, I don't like to see. I wouldn't like to see a red card given there. But if that had been between two opposing players, you're pretty much guaranteed that it's a it's a red card. But you, what? I mean, what was it? The two was it Boyer? And Woodgate, was it for Newcastle those years ago, or someone else, Boyer and someone Maybe Dyer. Maybe Dyer. Dyer, yeah, it was Dyer and Boyer who kind of had a tussle, and they both got sent off, didn't they? They did, yeah. For it, so... And the referee got, got slapped in the face. <laughs> exactly, well. I mean... Maybe his. I think, you know, you're raising your hands. I mean, it, the, the problem for me is inconsistency. You know, you see that between an opposing player, two opposing players. It, for me, it's still handbags. It's the same as the McGowan one for me. There's nothing in it. But well done the referee in a way. But at the same time, has he made an error there? I don't know. He did get a slap for it. I thought it was good of the referee not to react to the slap. Because if that was a player, <laughs> if that was, uh, they would have been on the deck in agony. But he almost dismissed it and, and just tried to deal with the, the incident and ignored the... Because it was an accident that he got hit in the face. I think we can all see that. But... Whether he should have got the, uh, a yellow card each or a red card, uh, I'm not so sure. I think, yeah, it's violent conduct, so I think to the letter of the law, two red cards, but I don't know. Two yellows seemed okay for me. Yeah, I'm surprised I can't claim it, wasn't it? It wasn't two reds, to be honest. Um, the, stuff that, the stuff that you've just seen years and years back on a pretty regular basis, but to be honest, it's, it's, it's quite rare you see it these days. And with the current, the current rules being set down by the SPR and the SFA, I'm amazed to the referee didn't flash two red cards there, so no doubt he'll get his backside kicked for that for, for showing a wee bit of common sense. But I think both players were a wee bit lucky. But did did the same thing not happen? Again, you two might be a bit, a bit too young for us, but did um, Craig Levine, when he was playing for Harps, against Wraith Rovers, um, it was against yeah. him and uh... who else was involved? Because it was a full punch, it was a it was a right hook. It was against Wraith Rovers, was it not friendly though? I think it was. A, I think it was. I'm sure it was a I think it was. You're talking about '94. He was given. Let me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna look up. Uh, I'm. I'm quick. I'm, I'll be quick. Don't worry. 12, I think he was given a 12. Is that one? 12. Ah, uh, because that one I remember being a. It was a real. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't handbags. It was a good solid. Right here we go. Solid right hook. It was not injuries that kept Levine from playing during his time at Hearts. He was once given a 12-game ban after punching and breaking the nose of Hearts teammate Graham Hogg during a pre-season friendly against Wraith Rovers. So I got the team right, Graham. and it was a friendly. Graham. So, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't think that should be a red card. I don't think the McGowan one against him should be a red card. But it's inconsistency, and we're gonna point well. I presume you two are as well. I've not discussed it with you yet, but there's a couple of inconsistencies with rules from the weekend's games, I think. The inconsistency is the problem, is that they're, I don't think they're going to look back at that, but, you know, with McGowan, he kind of leans forward as he gets up and his hair brushes Spruill's kind of torso and Spruill goes down as if, you know, he's just been shot by a son-off shotgun in the chest and next thing you know, it's a two-game ban in retrospect. And it's just, I think there's kind of, if they're going to, if you're going to, if players raise their hands and that's deemed to be a sending off offence, they need to do it across the board, but they don't. And it's the same with two-footed challenge. It's the same with this nonsense about offensive gestures, which I'm sure we're going to get to as well. I just think they need to they need to show consistency, especially if they're going to punish in retrospect. And I, as I've said before, I think they're opening up a can of worms with this retrospective punishment because they're going to have to start punishing so much nonsensical stuff. As a compliance officer, is his hands tied because they were both given a yellow card? Because the uh, referees dealt with it. Possibly, because that's what happened with... I, I had to laugh because um, after the Balotelli incident, a, a friend of mine who's a Man United fan, fair enough, you know, criticising Balotelli, you know, because it, was, it wasn't it was the prettiest thing to see, but uh, he came out with um, a Man United player would never act in that way towards an opponent. And I had to... I burst out laughing. I did say, no, all they would do is elbow a young, a, a young player in the face off the ball. <laughs> As I'd referring to Wayne Rooney, who elbowed James McCarthy, wasn't it? But they mm-hmm. couldn't do yeah. anything because the referee gave a foul, bizarrely what saw it, and gave a free kick, and then didn't even book him, as far as I'm aware. And they were talking about the radio earlier. Apparently, they got in touch with the referee about that, though. I don't know if it's the same in Scotland, but the FA apparently got in touch with the referee, and he said he felt that he he dealt with it correctly, and the. <laughs> 
and I, I don't know if you both remember the incident, but he basically ran past him and elbowed him right ah, in yeah, the yeah. face mm-hmm. with his elbow. Yeah. It wasn't even one of these. Wasn't even one of these elbows where you both go for a header and you maybe brush him. It was a proper four-hour well, elbow smash in the guy's face. It was so yeah. It's inconsistency is the main problem, I think. If you're going to do it, then I don't agree with it, but you've got to you've got to kind of get it across the board. So I thought we'd, we'd take a look at the, the SPL games at the weekend and the first game up was a lunchtime kickoff, which was St Mirren versus Celtic, which Celtic won 2-0. I went for a 3-0 victory to Celtic. Laurie, you went 3-1 and Chris went 2-1 to Celtic. So I watched the highlights of the game. I didn't get to see it live and I thought St Mirren looked really good and I think it Forster was uh, the standout player from the highlights for me. Uh, he seemed to keep Celtic in it. If it wasn't for him, they could have been behind and the, the game would have turned out very differently. Did either of you watch it? I saw the highlights. I didn't, I didn't see it live. But I saw the highlights in the, on the BBC and I agree. I mean, I saw St Mirren a few weeks ago and I think I said in the, the, the previous podcast that they're playing some really good football just now. So it didn't surprise me that they, they, caused, they caused problems for Celtic, especially being at home. But I think, crucially, they didn't. They didn't get that uh, early goal. They didn't get a goal and, and kind of put Celtic under pressure. And the longer the game went, I think everyone just fancied Celtic to um, Celtic to go on the score sheet, and then they did so. A decent finish from um, Forrest and um, credit to, to Scott Brown, not everybody's favourite player, but a, a really tidy finish for a second one. And in the end, probably a reasonably comfortable result from if you're looking at the scoreline, but the game perhaps told a, a slightly different story. I thought Brown's goal was superb. Just so casual. Yeah, great strike. Great strike. I think uh, it does show what he's capable of. I think he definitely needs to do it more often, <clears throat> especially considering, obviously, the expectation around him and the, the price tag that followed him to Parkhead when he left Easter Road. But, um, yeah, St Mary must be wondering, you know, what's happening with their, their kind of luck just now after, obviously, having almost, what, 80 minutes or so against 10 men and being 2-1 ahead last week and, and, not, uh, and managing to get uh, royally humped in the end. Well, scoreline yeah. at least. I, yeah, I thought they played really well. I was listening to the game and I was surprised. It seemed to be submitting definitely in the ascendancy for at least the first half and early in the second. And I was beginning to think Celtic might have to try and get a red card before they <laughs> to try and get uh, into the game. But yeah, I thought Hooper almost scored. It looked like would have been a contender for goal this season if that volley had not been beaten away. Do you think he meant it? Yeah. Like, obviously he meant for the shot. So he meant think it. he no, spotted he him close. off his line. Um, no, it definitely meant Because he didn't look like he looked up when I seen it. It's instinctive. That's what good strikers are like. You know, you don't think about it too much. But, yeah, a couple of decisions. Uh, I mean, you're right. Well, first of all, Forster, definitely man of the match from what I saw in the highlights. And uh, I think Celtic had one claim for a penalty. I've said handball before. Not for me. There were quite strong claims for it. I, I didn't think it was handball. I think it was maybe McCausland who was going up for it. And uh, I think for Celtic's point of view, I mean, we spoke about the early part of the season, Celtic, where when Celtic were dropping points and Rangers were getting victories when when games were maybe maybe going against them during the game, maybe the team, they were on the back foot. And maybe that's it's, the tide seems to have turned. Rangers now dropping points where maybe they would have sneaked victories before in Celtic uh, in a game which looked like it might get away from them, uh, might get away from them. By all accounts, it looked like St Mirren certainly had a lot of the, the early parts of the game. And they've got they got the win, and maybe that's a sign of potentially the champions for this year. Well, they've got some positives with Izagiri coming back. Uh, Lennon seems to be keen on bringing them back slowly, which I think is sensible since he was out for so long, and especially since uh, the team are, are continuing to win. So they've got him coming back, and Commons as well had a part to play in both goals. So in, in that respect, it's positive for Celtic. Did you hear the comments from Lennon afterwards saying that the, the tie was the, the toughest of all previous 11 victories? I didn't, team? I didn't know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised with that. Celtics, I mean, St Mirren seemed to have a lot of good good opportunities from the highlights. And when I was listening to the game, the first half was almost all St Mirren. So it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I was just wondering about the, the Hearts game. Probably sticks out for me. The fact that they had that chance so late on. Ah, yeah, but I mean, you're talking, I mean, the Hearts game at Parkhead, though, I think we kind of defended valiantly for a lot of it. I mean, they didn't have lots of chances, but it, by all accounts, we were kind of holding a fort and hoping for a nil-nil or maybe sneak a goal, whereas St Mirren were kind of making chance after, you know, creating chance after chance. I think, 
Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Hearts could have easily sneaked a draw, but I've seen teams sneak a draw after barely getting a look in for 90 minutes. So I, I wouldn't disagree with... I've not seen all of Celtic's games during that period, but I certainly wouldn't disagree with that. So the next game up is uh, Dundee United versus Motherwell game, which finished one each. And the predictor, I went 1-0. Laurie, you'll be chuffed. You went for the 1-1 the draw. Yep. And the same goes for Chris. And we actually put it in our Paul Ban charity bet as well, didn't we? Yep. Which was, uh, I think it was only one of two that, that came up for us. Yeah. Because we went for Rangers and the easy one, Kamarnock. <laughs> Indeed. I uh, saw so the uh, Craigan popped up with another own goal <laughs> for Motherwell, Greg. You must be proud. Aye, uh, some man. He's um, that's how he now holds the record for OGs. Um, anyone in the league, and it's it's becoming a sort of it's becoming a sort of end joke now at, at, at Fir Park. I think even the, the players were on the were on Twitter on Saturday night, and the, and the hashtag was was Craigan OGs. <laughs> yeah. I think he's uh, I think he's getting a fair bit of stick for it, and. The goal itself, the goal we conceded. Um, I don't know if he doesn't touch it. Is, is Randolph getting it? Is it, is it goal bound? Didn't really look. Didn't really look like it from the highlights. So I think it's definitely one to credit to the big I man. Think you have to go he, for he just, it. He, exactly. He seems to have been the wrong place at the wrong time. And he, he, I mean, he, he said some sort of thing. Ibrooks, but he took a real swing at one and and, and put it into the put it into the rig. And that this was time, more I think shot, I think this one is trying to be a wee bit more cute and it's just come off his studs and rolled in. Did you read my comment from Stuart McCall that I posted last night? After the Rangers no, game, I didn't see it. After the Rangers yeah. game, he said, um, on a positive side, I'm just glad that he's got his one own goal for the season out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, if, that's, if that's the last one, I should be surprised. Well, that was, before the, that was after the Rangers game, so it's already came back to haunt him a bit. He's even done it international level already. He scored an own goal for Northern Ireland. Um, well, no, for against, no against Portugal, so he's a bit of a. I was thinking, I was saying last night. I mean, it could be a good trivia question. I don't know if it's the stats, but you know, maybe who scored uh, for most, who scored goals for uh, most SPL clubs. Oh, I don't know. I know. <laughs> it's probably up there. You know, Darren Dodge has got seven, so it depends. He might have scored for a, might maybe a couple of his against the same team, uh, Craigan. But other than Jim Hamilton, who seems to have played for everyone in the SPL. I couldn't think of anyone else who might have scored for a lot of clubs. I know it's it's, it's another howler for the big man, but I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll bounce back. He's well used to it now. But it's, it was a good point for us Saturday. I think before the game, after taking that, given the given the wee bit of a slump that we've been on recently, Tannadice is, is never an easy place to go. So I would certainly have taken a point before the game. Uh, only I listened to the second half on the radio. I missed I missed the first half, but I think Dundee United were probably worth it. Worth their one nil lead in the first half. It sounded as though they had the bulk of the possession, but I think uh, McCall maybe kicked one or two backsides at uh, half time, and second half Motherwell were, were far better. I, th- I think we had maybe three or four decent chances. Higgin had a great chance first half, which which he missed, and I think he'd another two or three second half before he finally got uh, finally got his goal. But the the, the, the big uh, I think the big sort of turning point in the fortune was the was the substitution that McCall made. He, he put the he put the new sign in. Jammer on, and he's uh, for 30 minutes. He sounded as though he was, he was having a field day and running riot down the left hand side. So, a couple of other supporters I've spoken to since, uh, who were at the game, are sort of saying, you know, if we if, if we start Tuesday night's game with the, the same team that we finished um, the second half with on Saturday, then they'd be quite happy because I think it's the, it's the first time in certainly a few weeks that we've looked as though we're going back to the sort of form that we had early on in the season and starting to cause cause teams. Uh, Costumes problems up front, so uh, hopefully it'll bode well and McCall will stick to the formation for Tuesday night. But uh, well, we'll see. Aye, I thought um, I thought maybe United would been disappointed they didn't didn't nick it. I didn't obviously listen to the whole game or anything, but by the highlights, it certainly looked like they maybe edged it. Yeah, I thought a couple of talking points was the the gesture first of all, which I think is nonsensical. That's even getting picked up. I, I'm I'm baffled by where we're going football just now. You know, Higdon, he's, he's done the old, the kind of, the same thing Lee Griffiths did, which I I don't like Lee Griffiths. You know, by all accounts, he's a bit of a, <clears throat> I don't know, a, a, you could think of a, a nice way of putting it, but in my head, I thought of something there. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I think these, 
he moved his hand slightly against Rangers and he got a ban for it. He made a gesture towards his own supporters, was it, against Cowdenbeath? And it's like, what? Offensive to who? I mean, at the same time, footballers get abused, they get sworn at, they get things, references to their, you know, their wives, their mum, their kids or whatever you know, obnoxious stuff some of it goes far too far I give out abuse I yes, think I think, stuff, yeah. I think there's a level you go at I mean they say it like, it's like the player for player um, for Oldham against if a fan comes up and starts racially abusing you or something like that or it goes too far then yeah I, I think it's I think that's that's over the that's over the mark the same way if a footballer racially abuses someone whether it's a fan or an, op- or an opponent or whatever there's a there's a line, but at the same time, you know, to give a wee bit back, it's just it's just nonsense. And I don't think he's gonna get punished. I hope he doesn't. But the problem is, yeah, it's it's almost the same as the Lee Griffiths one. So this is what I mean by setting this precedent. You're gonna if I, I mean if I was Lee Griffiths or a Hibs fan, I'd go well. How on earth can you say that Lee Griffiths was that was offensive if Michael Higdon does the same thing and doesn't get banned? And it's this is the problem. Consistency in setting these precedents is just going to cause no end of problems. So there's somebody on the on the forum who mentioned the, the the gesture and they they were complaining about sports scene highlighting it specifically. I didn't get to see sports scene. It wasn't on the iPlayer this week for some reason, so I couldn't get to see it. But were they highlighting it? Did they go on about it? What what was their yeah, view? Yeah, they they sort of touched on it at the at the end of the game as well and. I think just with the, the publicity, certainly the the Ali Griffith stuff's been getting as well. It was it was inevitable they were going to show it. But there's there's, there's two points, um, well there's three points I'm making this. First of all, I agree with Laurie. I think this looking at um, videos and and penalising players for gestures is 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 almost beyond belief. You know, we're we're looking at players getting one and two match bans for maybe flicking the V's at somebody or or a get it up here or something. It's the same sort of it's the same sort of bans that players are serving for red cards and the, the, you mean the two. You get a straight a straight red card for a two footed lunge on somebody. There's no way you can convince me that that's the that's as heinous a crime as you know, as, as flicking the fingers up at um, a couple of hundred supporters. So I, first of all, I think it's a nonsense. On the, on what's the, the specifically, sorry, but in Greg, sorry. But, uh, what's the charge if you get caught on the pitch? Because as far as I I've seen, it's it's only a booking. If that if, no, if I, I the referee I... decides to deal with it at the time. Booking for I what? I don't though? know. What... It's just like, a booking for what? It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. I mean, well, I think they've got safety issues. I think that uh, he has uh, the, the chance to, to maybe cause, uh, I don't want to go as far as a riot, but if he goes up to the fans, makes a gesture, there's, there's chances that there's idiots in the crowd that are going to surge to the front. What, his own fans? Potentially jump the barrier, but, but they could easily trip downstairs, something like that. So I think there's <laughs> a safety <laughs> aspect to it. Come on. <laughs> You can't be kidding me. It's just bizarre. No, I think I think crowd safety has to come into it. Well, for I think, you think his own fans just... are going to fall downstairs because he's made a slight gesture that that's just nonsense. Come on! But I'm just saying in uh, gestures, just in general. I think the, <laughs> I think, the fans, I think a lot. Some of them are. So I think a lot of this is stemmed from. Um, it's another thing. It's a real bugbear of mine. It's it's players who gesture towards supporters during the game. And the supporters are then going uh, telling the police. I think a lot of it's come from that as well, because that's the instances of that in, in the recent years have gone through the roof as well. Supporters will stand there for ninety minutes, dishing out some of the some of the worst abuse I've ever heard in my life to players. And as soon as that player turns around, and either gives them the gives them the, the V's or shouts something back, it's these same people that are straight down at the stewards and are down at the police, demanding that they take action against these players. And I think I think. The authorities' hands were forced a wee bit by having introduced some sort of rule where it's, you know, where they're going to dish out a booking or dish out some sort of penalty on the pitch to try and stop people from doing this. But it's it's, it's just it's just one way traffic. It's 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 horrendous because I mean it's we've all been in grounds and certain players have been subjected to all sorts of abuse from both home and away supporters. And you know the, the minute they turn around and shout something back or or, or flick the V's, it's. Uh, Everybody's calling for their head again, so I, I, it might have it might have stemmed from that to a certain degree. Everyone's suddenly offended by it. Yeah, it is. It's nonsense. I like the banner. I mean, I'll admit, I give some players stick. 
I, I would never go as far as be I wouldn't wouldn't be racist to them. I think there's a line you can shout at them. There's some players I don't like, and I'll give them stick. If they go then score against us and they run past our section, maybe cup the ear or whatever, I'll shout at them. I'm not going to complain. It's part of the, it's part of what I enjoy about football. You know, it's it's part of the banter as far as I can see. I mean, you don't want to. There'll be no atmosphere for end up having to sit there. It's like. For me, it's just... I remember, I remember Rudy Scatchel in his first spell. We were at Parkhead and we were losing 1-0. He went and equalised for us. And he didn't leave the pitch, but he was in the corner next to all the Celtic fans. And he just put his finger to his mouth, jogged. Didn't even look at them, just jogged with his finger next... He got booked for that. He didn't even leave the, he didn't leave the pitch. Just finger to the mouth. And he does that to the Hearts fans as well. So it's not like... I just... I think it's all madness. I mean, there's obviously a point, you know, the, the guy... I don't know if you read, the guy got fined... For racially abusing Rudy Scatchel at the East End Park. Yeah, so £200 it, they got fined. £200, but um, I think obviously you've got to pick up, it must have been his own fans who, because apparently Scatchel didn't hear it and it wasn't necessarily next to the Hearts fans, but there's a few, a couple of them just singing that. And I think there's a, there is a point when you, if, if it comes into stuff like that, it's going too far. But Rudy Scatchel, you know, I expect the Hibs fans to give him a bit of stick. It's, he's the kind of player who will get a bit of stick because, well, Apart from anything, he likes to score against them, and he opened his uh, account at Tynecastle and ran over to the Hibs fans and um, <clears throat> promptly showed them where the exits were in a, a not so polite fashion. But that's all. That's all good. I just yeah, I don't want to go on about it too much, but I just think it's nonsense. The other thing was maybe the penalty incident, which I, I think maybe the referee got it right. <clears throat> I thought it was a bit similar to maybe the Paulet one, apart from with this one, I didn't think it looked like a dive by. Uh, Greg's favorite, new favorite player, but I think maybe uh, I didn't think there was enough in it to give a penalty. But I also didn't think it, it was hard to. T- I don't didn't look like he really dived. It's it's, it's a kind of in between. <laughs> was that uh, when he was me, sandwiched? <clears throat> kind of. Uh, actually, when on, on, on the radio commentary when I listened to it, they were sort of they were sort of claiming it was a stonewall penalty, and so I was interested to see it again in the highlights. But I, I've got to agree. I think I think the referee got it on because he's. I mean, he's knocked the ball past him. But he, he's gone for a gap which isn't really there. There is there's a, there's a leg has come out slightly. I think he's realised that he's not catching the ball that it's actually just about to go um, over the byline. Uh, and he's he's, I mean, he's done every striker does in that in that situation. He goes down. I don't think it's a dive. I don't think it's a penalty. I think he's uh, I think he's chanced his arm a wee bit and it's not come off for him. So I don't I don't have any <clears throat> any great complaints about the penalty not being given. It was certainly from the radio commentary it sounded it was a, a far more stonewall decision than it. Than it actually transpired, and I think I think a point uh, a point a piece for for both teams was probably probably the right decision. Just one one final thing in the Higdon incident, um, it's been kind of widely reported that the gesture was was aimed at um, the travelling support, but the sort of word coming from from Fair Park, sort of officially and unofficially, as it wasn't, it was aimed at the uh, it was aimed at the bench. I think there had been one or two um, one or two harsh words spoken at half time, and perhaps one or two people. Um, criticising the big man's uh, mischance in the first half, and I think, I think from from certainly what's coming out of Fir Park, that gesture wasn't aimed at the support at all. It was actually aimed at um, the bench, the away bench. So make of that what you will. But I mean, uh, interview with Stuart McCall today, and he's, I mean, he's struggling instant off has been a load of nonsense. So if it is aimed at the the bench, then they're clearly they're clearly not perturbed by it. So you would hope common sense would prevail. So when do we need to find out? About the from the compliance officer, I would have thought uh, the podcast is recorded on a Monday evening. I would have thought we would have heard by now if there was going to be any action taken. We would have heard at no, least if they th- were looking you, into it. You would have thought so. I think that these things come out generally quite quickly, so no news is good news. So the the next game up is Hibs against St Johnson, which finished three two to St Johnson. And the predictor, I went two 0 to St Johnson, so I got one point. Laurie. He doesn't like to bet against Hibs, so he went for a 2-2 draw. Chris went for a, a 2-1 victory to St. Johnson. So I was watching the, the highlights on the on the BBC website, and the highlights had only been on for about five seconds, and O'Connor scored. I'm thinking, hmm, it looked all right. I'm not really sure. I'd like to see a replay of that. So they showed you a replay. Commentator says, hmm, it's a bit close. Thing is, you couldn't see O'Connor. He wasn't even in the picture. Laurie, I tweeted about it earlier and you mentioned that you'd seen it as well. Yeah. I, I don't know what was going on with that. It was the worst camera angle you'll ever get because you couldn't see O'Connor. <laughs> Again, it shows the 
if the game's not on TV that they have the although it was on it was the Alba live game later so you presume maybe they have at least one other camera unless Gaelic TV is really uh, struggling for budget just have the one but yeah it was it was a rubbish angle yeah, I loved how they actually <laughs> why did they even bother showing it and stopping it and pausing it know. either just don't show a replay of it then just ignore the incident it's just the fact that they stopped it and then was it Liam was it you Liam you could McLeod see the defender's was... feet and that was it. Just, just the tip says toes. That was it. Yep. So I have no idea if it was offside or not. <laughs> <laughs> and what about uh, Croft? Was his two-footed lunge? My view is that I think it's a red card. I think it has to be. I think it was dangerous. He was off the ground, and well, the game could have been very different if he had went off because he, he went on to score. Ref's right in front of it. I, I didn't understand it at all because I think you know my view as I've often said and wrote about is that they're far too harsh on these but that one was a I thought that was a clear one the referee's right in front of it and the, Ian Black's two red cards this season it was very hard to tell they were very much debatable so it's again the consistency problem and if I was Hibs I would not be happy about that because yeah these decisions sometimes go for you sometimes don't but you see the ref's position is absolutely perfect it was blatant I don't understand why he didn't get sent off for it to be honest I'd like to hear the the explanation, but it's going to be another bizarre one where, well, it can't get dealt with because it got dealt with, isn't it? Yeah. Because he got booked, which again is—is is that not absolute nonsense? Is that does that mean that if if, if a player, I don't know, smashes someone in the face a couple of times, gets a wee combo in on them in the game, and the ref turns and thinks that it's just a bit of handbags that gives him a yellow that he can't get done for it? Is that is that the precedent we're setting? It's just bizarre. And yeah, Hibs it is bizarre when you come out and <laughs> well, such an extreme well, case. Extreme, but, but, but no, you're right. It's like with the Rooney one, where he actually blatantly elbows someone in the face, but because the ref blew for a free kick, it can't get dealt with. That's surely not fair, is it? It's, it doesn't seem. You're right because somebody's going to, uh, if the referee got it wrong, somebody's going to mark down the referee. His overall ratings going to be marked down, so somebody's already reviewing it. Somebody's dealing with the referee in that instance. So yeah, why not change the decision? But when they say they deal with it, what does that mean? Because does that mean that he's given a card? Because he dealt with the Ryan McGowan and Ivan Sproul incident because a free kick had been given to Hearts and they came together, the ref came over, spoke to them. But does that not count as dealing with it? It has to be a card. That's what I don't understand. And they dealt with that. See, maybe because that happened after the incident, didn't it? So maybe the referee dealt with the original, but not that. Not the actual headbutt. <laughs> headbutt, Okay. Yeah, it just seems it just seems weird, but um, yeah, Hibs just can't defend. Basically, back to the game, they just they're just useless at defending pretty much. Like they got a couple of good attacking players, but similar to Dunfermline, they just at the back are just woeful. Goals are conceding are just. I mean, Sandaz's goal, I got to give him that. It was a, a cracking finish. Croft was a decent finish as well, but it was very weak defending and just I don't know. It's it's just they're as rubbish at the back as they. Is the rubbish that seems to be blown around Easter Road these days? What's that all about? You ever notice when you watch games Easter Road, there's always bags and crisp packets and stuff all over the place. I've not, I've not spotted it, no. But was it the third goal where uh, I think it was the left back was embarrassed and he just, he just kind of seemed to give in? Both responses, not the opening goal, but both responses were like immediately after Hibbs goals, the second and third St Johnson's goals, and it just shows how weak they are at the back. You know, St Johnson can see the goal and just went right. Need another one now. Let's go. Up was it thirty seconds yeah. or something? The first one. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they really need sight. I, mean, I think I was going to say they've signed James McPake on loan from Coventry, but Coventry are rotten in the English Championship, and the fact he wasn't getting near the team there just I, I don't know. I'm I, I can't judge a player that I've not really seen too much of, but it doesn't really sound like he's going to be any great shake. But I don't know. It's I think it's definitely between Dunfermline and. <clears throat> Hibernian down the bottom for now. Yeah, it's just not happened yeah. for for Fenland since he's come in. It's just the woes are continuing. Yeah, I think yeah, it, is, I think, it has I think to if be you're between a, the two of them. I think if you're a Hibs fan, you, you need to start getting a, a wee bit worried now because you, you sometimes get that boost when a new manager comes in, but it's just not really happened. Uh, happened at all for Hibs yet, and uh, uh, like you know, like like what he was touching on the, the fact that the flow of the game. You know, they were coming back and they were equalising and St John's were more or less running up the park and, and scoring another one. That starts to get pretty demoralising, I think. Um, I think one or two people might be worrying whether or not this is a, 
this is just endemic of things to things to come for Hibs. But um, yeah, the, the longer it goes, and especially now we're into the essentially the second half of the season, the longer it goes when they're down there, and you know, if the Fairmont do start picking up a couple of points here and there, and, and Hibs get detached, then it could uh, it could really go pear shaped for them down there. But um, yeah, we'll see. There's there's obviously more games coming up, and and, and a lot of points to play for as well. But the longer it the longer it sort of gets down there, and the longer you get that 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 sort of rut of not winning and, and conceding goals badly, I think the confidence just drains from the side. And that's from what certainly watching the highlights on Saturday they looked like a certainly at the back they looked like a team that are, that are really really lacking in confidence. And you know maybe a couple of fresh faces coming in might might turn that around, but they need to start doing that pretty quickly, I think. So moving on to the the next game, which was Inverness against Hearts, which finished one nil to Inverness. In the predictor, I went for two one to Hearts. Laurie, you were less optimistic in terms of Hearts' chances, and you went for a nil nil draw. Chris, he went for a two one victory. So Laurie, we've discussed this so many times in the podcast how, how we've, we've felt that Inverness are, are maybe better than their league standing suggests and well, they've done it again, they've come beaten hearts, what did you think? Yeah, I was surprised at your conference I did say at the time, we're a very different side away from home and yes we beat Hibs away from home but as I mentioned last week, we always beat Hibs no matter where it is so it's not a fair reflection I don't think yeah, no complaints, we were, we were poor on Saturday Um I don't know if you got the full picture of it, but I, I heard, I was listening to the radio and the conditions were just apparently shocking with the wind especially, but all round. But no excuse, you know, both teams have got the same conditions and as, although Paolo Sergio was keen to mention last week, it's just a pitch, two teams, a ball, a referee. Uh, it, 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 we do seem to play very differently away from Tynecastle, and I've got no, no complaints at all. I listened to the game and Inverness definitely deserved the win. They just seemed more dangerous. It was one of those games where you could just tell, listen to it, that you just we weren't going to score. Bit disappointed with the goal. Kello definitely should have saved it. Uh, although Johnny Hayes, very impressed with him from listening to and then watching the highlights. And I think the other, the only other talking point was a penalty, which was never a penalty. I was very surprised later on that night that some Hearts fans were telling me that they thought it was a penalty because even Templeton himself, I think, tweeted that he thought it was. But it wasn't a dive by any by any means, but it was definitely not a penalty. The boy's looking away and Templeton starts to slip and the boy, I think, they kind of, the legs kind of almost hit each other. Templeton almost trips him as much of the way around, so never a penalty in a million years, so no complaints. Disappointing, but this is what happens when you pay the players. Flat should, uh, <laughs> Flat should reclaim the money because they seem to play a lot better when they're doing it for free. So yeah, no complaints. I thought the... I th- I thought the commentator was was being a bit harsh on Kello, and you mentioned as well that yeah, maybe he should have he should have held it, but it was a header that was uh, bouncing. It's that's always difficult to deal with for a keeper. So no, I wouldn't hold it against him. Oh no, I'm not saying it's the worst. I'm not saying it's an error as such, but I I just think a keeper of his quality when he got his hands to it that he should then keep it out. No, I mean it's not a yeah. not not thinking it's a disastrous mistake or anything. I just thought he could have and should have put out because he got there because he's a good keeper. That's all I'm saying. Well, it was a really good win for Inverness. Uh, I saw them a couple of weeks ago at Fir Park and uh, they didn't set the header on fire but they looked like a pretty well organised side and, and, and deserved to win that day purely on the basis of, of, of the goal they scored. It was an absolute peach. Um, it's been a good week for them though. You know, three wins in a week and a home win even to Hearts who maybe don't travel as well at the moment. It's still a, still a pretty big scalp to take and they're now starting to put the points on the board which are mirroring their performances and I think they were talking in the sports scene last night about perhaps instead of looking at relegation they might now be looking sort of further up the table in, in, in top six and certainly given their current form it would it would be hard to argue against it. Very congested. I think it's only two points between sixth place and tenth place so Yeah once you once you get uh, away from the, the bottom two you're right. It is very, very tight. So the next game up is Kamarnak against Dunfermline which finished Surprisingly for, for me and for a few others anyway, it finished 3-0 to Dunfermline. In the predictor, we all went for a, a 2-0 Kilmarnock victory, but I never expected to see that kind of defending in the SPL. Kilmarnock were horrible. I mentioned earlier about a left-back giving up. I think it was the, the Hibs game I mentioned it. 
but I, I remember now it was the, the Killy game and the guy he got turned and he, he just he just stopped. He's just like nah, I've had enough. It's it was schoolboy. And worse than schoolboy. Kilmarnock are so inconsistent though. It's it's must be very frustrating for Kenny Shields. I mean, I remember it reminded me of the game against Inverness when they conceded six and it just I don't understand. I mean, I think it was for the was it for the last goal. I don't even understand where the defenders are. They just don't seem to be there. And I remember that it was the same against Inverness. You know, suddenly Inverness would be attacking and they cut it back and there'd be like three defenders missing. And I don't know if it's if it was fitness that game, they couldn't get back or they were... I have no idea. I don't know if maybe... Was he good doing that Jimmy Calder with both those games? You know, going the old 2-4-4, trying to chase the game. It just seemed... It just seemed all over the place. I mean, huge win for, for Dunfermline. And I think maybe <clears throat> Ian Turner, although he should have done better with the the winner that Hibs scored against them, he certainly seems to have steadied the ship a bit after another Chris Smith howler in the week in the cup. I just I, I feel really sorry for him now. It kind of I've had a wee joke at his expense a couple of times now, but I, I don't know. He just he just can't seem to play a game without making a mistake. But I thought Turner looked quite solid. And a clean sheet for Dunfermline, which must give them so much confidence because you don't often see that. So yeah, a huge win. Kilmarnock, I just don't, I just don't know what to make of them. Some weeks they seem very solid. You know, they beat Rangers. Uh, they scored three past Celtic, and in some weeks they look like they could easily be the worst team in the league if you turned up and you didn't know, hadn't seen them before. They just woeful. There was another penalty claim in that game. I can't remember who it was from, but I just remember thinking it's never a penalty either. Oh yeah, it was for yeah, it was for Kilmarnock. It was a slight sort. Of coming together but everyone's pansies a lot of them again claiming for a penalty there so yeah big win for Dunfermline but Kilmarnock yeah really inconsistent I think they're maybe just lucky that there seems to be two down the bottom who are kind of cut adrift because they're only two ahead of Inverness it could easily be I could see Kelly dropping down to third bottom quite soon if they don't kind of pick up it's difficult to, to predict because as you, as you touched upon there they can be so good but well, just the, the defending there, I, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just horrible. And I don't yeah. know how you go from from how they've played previously to, to that. I don't know if, if they think it's only Dunfermline. Not sure if that's come into it. Mm. Yeah, the, def- the defending was, was so poor, though. I mean, I'm only basing this on certainly in the highlights that I've seen, but, uh, you know, the goal after goal, it just looked like a, a complete calamity at the back. And I agree with you, Craig. Kamarnock looked as though they had either chucked it or they'd, they'd all been out in the drink on the Friday night. It, it looked like that sort of, like a team that were just, had no legs left in them, had no desire left in them, who were, you know, who were making basic mistakes, who weren't picking players up. Certainly the third goal, the, the guy who finished it appeared to be in acres of space before MD came to close him down. But Great win for Dunfermline. They really, they really needed it because, given the number of goals that they've been conceding, not only is it a three points, but it's, it's some it's some goals back in the other direction as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they use it as a platform to kick on, or whether it's just just a case of Kilmarnock being garbage in the day. So the the final game on Saturday was Rangers against Aberdeen, which finished one apiece. And the predictor had went for a, a comfortable four-one victory to Rangers. Laurie, you you went for a two-one victory to Rangers, and Chris, uh, a closet Rangers fan, went two-nil for Rangers. As I was very surprised with the way Aberdeen came into this game with with everybody's uh, bringing up the the history. How was it? Twenty-one years maybe since they've they've won at Ibrox, and I think it was Craig Brown came out prior to the game and says uh, he was basically ignoring that he's going into this game just like any other. And maybe not going for the win, but 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 challenging, and definitely not going there to be slaughtered. And well, the lineup that he put out seemed to suggest that there was times Aberdeen had three up top, which really surprised me, and I think that affected Rangers a lot with Kyle Bartley really being pinned back. Papach doesn't he doesn't advance too often, but I was really hoping to see Bartley push up, but he rarely did. I think he was just pinned back. I thought Rangers were the, the better team overall. Uh, well, I would say that, being a Rangers fan. But I thought that they had they had the more chances, they had better chances. I thought Aluko looked really good down the right. I thought Jelovic looked okay. I, th- I thought they, they could have they could have uh, 
won this by a few goals if they'd managed to score early. But they didn't, and all credit to Aberdeen, they, they kept them out, and a very good goal, I think it was Arneson, scored. A brilliant move, really stretched strangers. And maybe if Edu hadn't scored a few minutes later, I think it was within four minutes, it could have been a different story. But 1-1, maybe at the end of the day, I suppose goals what matters, maybe as uh, an even a fair result, but I just think that Rangers edged it for myself, but as I say, I'm biased. It looked like that from the highlights. Um, I certainly, I, you were at the game, which I'm surprised you've not pointed out yet for a change. As much as no, really. I was asked for proof, but I wasn't by. I know, where I was my... I demanded that you got a match programme and had a picture taken holding it in the ground, but we didn't get the proof. But I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, from the highlights, it looked like it was pretty much all Rangers, at least for the first half, and certainly chance-wise. Uh, great goal by Carrie uh, Arneson, yeah, seemed to be becoming a bit of a cult hero at Pataudry, which I don't think they've really had someone like that um, for a while. So it's good that the guy who couldn't win a contract at Tynecastle is doing so well there. <laughs> only joking, only joking. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's... A lot of Aberdeen riding the luck, but I suppose you've got to when you go to Ibrox. And uh, I thought Brown and Goals, I've criticised him a couple of times. I thought he looked like he had a fantastic game. A couple of really important saves. And yeah, I, although as much as Aberdeen rode the luck a bit, it didn't. It wasn't with him for the Edu goal, which was certainly fortuitous. So a really good really good result for Aberdeen. Could have maybe been better. And um, I do like the look of Arneson. Part of me thinks maybe we should have signed him, but I think we were looking at him more in a central defensive cover, so we're kind of got a few too many midfielders. But yeah, it looks like a really good signing for Aberdeen, and I think it's sort of maybe revitalised the support as well as the team to have a figure around like that. I think it's the same. I think it's always good to have someone who you can maybe look to, look up to in that way, and it kind of works with Scatchel at Hearts, and a few more teams have got yeah. players like that. So. Big result for Aberdeen. Um, obviously, it doesn't end the, the hoodoo quite yet, but yeah, they seem to have turned the corner and I'll pass over Greg, who will, as always, be delighted with Aberdeen getting impressive results. <laughs> uh, no, I take nothing away from them. That's a, that's a brilliant point of the weekend. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Uh, again, going in the highlights, Rangers looked as though they the bulk of the chances and, and maybe should have won it comfortably, but you know, Aberdeen have done well to get the first goal, but they've, they've, they've committed the Cardinal sin. Any time you, you take lead against the old firm, you've got to try and hold that for, for 10, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, as soon as Edu as as runs up the park and, and equalises again, you wonder whether or not they're maybe going to cave in. But credit to them, they, they held it for the for the duration of the 90 minutes. And much as it, it pains me to say it, Brown looks as though he's now starting to get a, a team of players together that um, look as though they're going to be fairly resilient. I mean, certainly if you can you can go to Ibrox and pick up a point, it certainly bodes well for the future. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they kick on in the second half of the season and see if they can perhaps capitalise on that a wee bit further. But it's a, despite a good performance for Rangers, it's, I think it's a, a pretty um, demoralising one for them, given the given the recent run of results and the, the points that Celtic have picked up and the points that they've dropped. It's You've got to look at it as another two dropped at home, which... You know, when it comes to comes to the end of the season and the tally up of points happens, then that that might just be that might just be significant. What was the what was the reaction of the Rangers fans at the end, Craig? Was it roundly booing, or were they reasonably happy with a point? Well, I don't I don't think there's uh, anybody happy with it, the point. There was uh, a lot of people had had enough with as early as ten minutes to go. Craig was because... on the bus home. Craig was away. <laughs> It was nah. <laughs> He was already going. <laughs> no, I think the the problem was that the Rangers uh, they're very pedestrian, especially in the first half. Although they were creating chances, they just seemed far too casual. It was just it was it's almost like a walk in the park for them. And another worrying sign for Rangers over the season is that they don't have a plan B. They had Yelovich and Healy up front. And McCoyce wanted to shake things up and he looks to the bench and he brings on a guy that that had been at Rangers for maybe maybe two years now and he's only recently broke into the team and he turned to Kerka. And despite scoring, I think it was our broth, 
and he actually did look good in that game. There has to be a reason he's not been fancied for so long. So he brings him on. He, he was a bit, he was ineffective. And then you look to the bench, who else is there really to bring on? There was McCulloch. He's not going to win a game for you. He's, he's going to be the type of guy that you bring in if you want to, to maintain a lead. He brought on Wild, who, who did play well. Yeah, he, he did bring a bit of urgency to the team. But other than Wild, there's nothing on the bench. And I think that is, is worrying for Rangers going forward. They paraded Shellick before the game. And I do hear that, that he's got goals in him. Although I haven't seen him play. So he might make a difference. But, but right now, it is looking worrying. Aye, it's um, like I was saying earlier. It's, it's it's another two points dropped, and it, it's just it's this whole thing we spoke about before about sort of momentum and this momentum Celtic have got with the, the number of wins that they're stringing together. And, you know, the longer that continues, you get this real sort of head of steam up and this confidence. And the Rangers sort of stuttering in, in the background. It's going to give them, it's going to give them a wee bit of a boost. But um, I mean, Rangers, Rangers need to start getting the points on the board now and 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 stop dropping them. So. We'll see how it goes, but it's interesting that this is the, the first game you've been at in ages and there was a whole load of bother at the subway station. You run about with these casuals again? <laughs> no, I avoided the subway station this time. Aye, I'll bet. No, I'll I, bet. I never heard anything other than what you mentioned on the... Was it the forum you mentioned it? I think it was in one of the papers this morning. All these hooligans, uh, and I thought, oh, aye, that'll be the Sterling branch and their way through it again. Craig was there with his Burberry cap and his Stone Island jumper. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't want to take a picture of him selling the ground. <laughs> he used his evidence. You could have blurred out your face. <laughs> Not that that would have been proof then, of course. Yeah, we were going um, we to move on and speak a bit about hearts again, but I think, I think time's maybe against us this evening. So I thought maybe um, because we spoke about Hearts last week, obviously prior to the SPL's decision, we, we thought it was all over and done with, but since then, charges have been made. So maybe we could leave that till next week after the hearing then, because I don't think we'd want to, to drag this out too much at the moment. Yeah, I, I look forward to winding you up next week about uh, good faith and so on. Aye. I think I think I think just for me, I mean, we're not going to get into any great detail, but I've made my feelings pretty clear. I think the, S- the SPL are, are entitled to do what they're doing, but I will temper all that by saying that I uh, I don't think a point uh, penalty for Hearts is, is at all appropriate, and that's that's coming from someone whose team would benefit from that happening. But I would I would be reluctant to see that happen. So we'll see what happens. I'd be against that. I don't think it will. I think at worst it'd be a suspended points deduction. But yeah. even that, even that, I think we should fight, and I think we will fight. Um, but anyway, anyway, no, you know what, you know what I mean. You're like Greg. We don't even want to touch on it. I'll leave it just now because want to start this like a touch paper. Aye, we'll leave it for now. We'll next week's so, game. Well, yeah, move on to next week's games. Yeah, I'm serious. Just now, we're not gonna have time to go into it just now. So the, the game's up coming up at the weekend. The first one up is Aberdeen against Dunfermline. Aberdeen, after scoring three goals, really surprised me at the weekend. Hmm. I'm going to go Aberdeen. I think their confidence is going to be high after getting, I think it was their only their second point in six seasons at Ibrox. I think they're going to be pretty chuffed after that one. I'm going to go for a cancellation here. They're going to cancel each other out. A one each draw. Aberdeen them firm one. Yeah, going one each. Yeah. I think Aberdeen at home. I think they'll be. I think be solid enough. I think them firm will be confident, a bit confident. But you know they got absolutely hammered last time they went to Petardre. Uh, I can uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil Aberdeen. Aye, Aberdeen for me as well. They'll take great confidence for their, for their point on Saturday and um, although Dunfermline got a good result as well, they would have been on the wrong end of a doing from Motherwell tomorrow night or Tuesday night or tonight if you're listening to the podcast because uh, that league game's still to come. I think yeah, I think Motherwell will dispatch Dunfermline. I think it'll put them on the back foot again. So, aye, an easy 2-0 home win for me. Oh, she had forgotten Dunfermline are playing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we did that last week, mind. 
Aye, no, but all our good could be, all our good could be undone. Oh no, I'm gonna. I'm, I have to stick with my prediction then. One one. I'm not gonna do a lorry and change it. <laughs> Perfectly entitled to if you want. It's no problem. Right. Okay. <laughs> Two one Aberdeen. I'm gonna change it to. Yeah, I know we predicted the the Motherwell game against Dunfermline last week, but but yeah, I'd, for, I'd forgotten about that, and I was just thinking Dunfermline were going into this game after scoring three goals, confidence high. So yeah, I can't. Mm, right, okay, I've changed it to two one. Right, I'm not changing it again. Two one Aberdeen. <laughs> Two one Aberdeen. Don't ask me again because I'll change it again. What if the game gets snowed off tomorrow? There's a snow forecast around here. Game may get snowed off. Oh, Greg, you're just making it too difficult for me. We'll need to re-record the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the next game up is Inverness against St Mirren. Inverness, I think, are going to win this. I'm going to go for a simple 1-0. I'm going to go Inverness as well. I'm going to go 2-1 Inverness. I'm... Uh, I'm impressed with them. I think they're a difficult team to play at um, the Caledonian Stadium as well. Some men will take a bit, bit of confidence from the performance against Celtic, but at the same time, they still lost. So, yeah, 2-1 Inverness. Yeah, score draw for me, one each for me. I think both teams have impressed this season. Both of them can play a wee bit of football and they can, they can score goals as well. So I think it'll be a draw, one each. So the next game up is Motherwell against St Johnson. I don't know. I'm really splitting this one because I think both teams have a really good chance of this. I think St Johnson maybe slightly edge it. For me, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to St Johnson. I'm going to go 1-1. It's a weird one because Motherwell comfortably beat them at them at McDermott Park and St Johnson comfortably beat Motherwell at Fir Park so you think form of these two teams which both seem to travel better than they play at home would push me towards St Johnston but I think it'll be 1-1 I think it'll be a close tie I think we need to I think I think I said that's probably the last time maybe we play St Johnston as well I think if we can keep St Daz it'll be and we've, we've got a good chance of winning, but I, I don't think it's going to be easy. St Johnston caused us real problems last time, and, and to be honest, won with a canter the last time they were at Fir Park. But again, we get a good result away from home, albeit with a side that didn't have St Dazen. I think Sheridan was, was possibly out that, that day as well, so it's maybe it's maybe a wee bit of a false result. But, but uh, you know, if, if we're serious about top six and, and, and top three, as, as some people are talking, then these are, these are games we need to win. So I'd like to see us just grind out a 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Motherwell. So the, the final game on Saturday is Rangers against Hibs. Oh, I, I'm going to go for a, a hopeful prediction here because I can't see Rangers, or I hope that Rangers aren't going to drop any more points at home. I think the Hibs will score. I think they, they're, they're very good up front. I think that's about it for them. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Rangers. Well, you know me. Can't bet against Hibs. So, uh, That's it, the green print expects you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing it on purpose now. 1 1. Don't know why. Hibs are rubbish, but. So can Rangers be. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go 1 1. Hmm. This is a, I think this is a, a, a really difficult one to call. I mean, you, you go by the league table, you'd imagine Rangers would win at a canter, but I'm, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. Saying that, though, I think the stakes are so high for them at the moment that they, they have to start picking up points. So I'm going to go for a Rangers win, but I'm going to go 1-0. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's going to be many goals from Rangers. I just can't see where it's going to come from. So, yeah, could be a good prediction. So I thought we'd, we'd take a look at the, the League Cup games at the, the weekend. We've got one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and the game on Saturday, which is live on Sky Sports, and it kicks off at 1pm, is Air versus Kilmarnock, which should be a, a meaty clash. After seeing, Kelly, how woeful they were at the weekend, I, I don't have high hopes for them, but then when you look at Air, their league position suggests that they're not going to do so well either. 
I suppose the, the romance of the cup's going to lift both teams, perhaps air more so. I'm going to go for a. I'm a bit of a romantic. I'm going to go for an, an air victory in this one, and I'm going to go for one nil. Aye, I'm not going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think Kelly will win. I don't think it could be close, but I think the SPL. I'm finding it quite hard to t- to call this one, to be honest. But I mean, Air have picked up a bit in the last few weeks. They've they're unbeaten the last three league games, I think, including a, an away win at Livingston. Because I thought that maybe their home form would be their stronger point. But I, I think Kelly will prevail. Did you give a score? Are we giving scores for this? Are we? Yes, I went one 0 to Air. I don't have a clue on a score. I'll go uh, 3-1 Kilmarnock. Who knows? Right. I hope uh, hope it's a good game because it's, it's one of these interesting ties there, Sir Darby. And it was good to see them get a, a decent crowd in Hamden. How big a crowd it'll be, I'm, I'm not so sure. But um, again, I, I can agree with Craig. I, I, like, I like the look of air. I mean, the odds are stacked against them, but Sometimes in these one-off games they just get the rub of the green. So I'm hoping for a hoping for a hoping for a decent game and plenty of goals. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go air to win it in extra time. I'm going to go three two. Three two. Thought I'd give a, a wee plug for a guy in the forum, Panda Monk. He owns a recording studio, and Somerset Bob recorded a a cup single there and has released it on iTunes. And if you visit the Scottish Football Forums and search for Somerset Bobs on iTunes, you'll be able to get a link to the song from there. And it only costs 79p, and Panda Monk's asking folk to, to buy it to try and see if he can get it to chat. It's good good banter. It's on iTunes as Hamden Anthem by Somerset Bob. So a wee plug. The, the game on Sunday, which is at 3 o'clock and it's live on the BBC, is Falkirk versus Celtic. Although I mentioned in my previous prediction that I do I do like the, the romance of the cup, I just think I think that it's going to end for Falkirk in this round. I think the Celtic are going to be too strong for them. I think it's going to be a resounding victory for Celtic and I'm going to go for 3-1. Yeah, can't see past Celtic in this. Uh, got 3-0. 3-0 Celtic. Aye, I think, was it Falkirk that put Rangers out, is that? Yeah. yeah I can't see them dumping the, both sides of the, the old firm out. If they did, it would be an incredible story. But I think Celtic are probably the best sort of the best footballing team in the, in the country at the minute. Uh, Falkirk are not bad, none the day they can they can play reasonably well, but I think just the occasion in Hamden, and as I say, this this incredible sort of confidence that Celtic have got going for at the moment, I think they'll I think they'll lap up, um, lap up the occasion in Sunday and a comfortable three 0 win for me. Right, cheers. So we introduced a, a new slant to the the Paul Band charity bet last week, and instead of choosing a nil nil, in any the Scottish football games we decided to put a wee bit of an accumulator on and we didn't do very well at all. I think we had Motherwell to draw, Celtic to win. They were both correct. We also had Rangers to win and Kilmarnock to win. So a 50% success rate, but it still means that we get nothing. So this week, I thought, based on the, the predictions that we'd done in the SPL, I thought there was two matches that stood out and that is Aberdeen against Dunfermline, and an Aberdeen win. And the other is Inverness against St Mirren, and an Inverness win. So that's two matches from the the SPL to add to the accumulator. And I'm not sure about the League Cup. Celtic is an obvious one to to add in. Well, if you go with if you go with games through the SPL and League Cup, where there was a majority, a majority vote, as in obviously. Two, at least two versus one mm-hmm. or three, then you got Aberdeen, Inverness, Rangers, Celtic, and Air. Air being the one that suddenly puts the odds a fair bit up. Although we are talking obviously a win in normal time. 
Yep, and Greg was quite specific in mentioning extra time. Yeah, def- definitely extra time. I don't. It's not. It's not giving me odds for uh, just to go through, unfortunately. But right, six is just so. What do you think? Are we going to? Are we going to go for? Well, if you don't have, if you, I, if you add air, it's almost thirty to one overall for the cumulator. If you take air out, it's uh, it's less than five <laughs> to one. So yeah. it fairly. Uh, Fairly. So is that for Aberdeen, Inverness, Celtic and Rangers? Less than five? Yeah, well, because Rangers and Celtic yeah. are both just, just yeah. over one. Aberdeen... I'm happy, with, I'm happy with that, Laurie. I'm happy with getting some points on the board for charity. I mean, because, yeah, Aberdeen, Rangers, Celtic are just, like, between one, one and a half. I mean, there's no, yeah. real, there's no real value of those three. Inverness a wee bit, too, but, yeah, it's, until you get to air, there's no real... I mean that's yeah. So that would be twenty-eight. It's giving about twenty-eight. So you're talking with a fiver bet. You know, you're talking potential going on one hundred and thirty quid back. So it's uh, sorry, no, hundred about hundred by hundred forty rather. So yeah, you can put it out there. It's a bit more, bit more adventurous. That is. So that's the the, the five team accumulator then. Yeah. Five pound on that. Yep. Aberdeen, Inverness, Celtic, Rangers, and Air. Yep. Aye, it's a long shot, but aye, if it comes up, it'll be a good one. Indeed. Aye, so before we go, I thought I'd give the the forum a wee plug again. Uh, If you're not a member of the the forum yet, you can register at forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and you can sign in with your Twitter, Facebook email, password, just the, the usual. I am also on Twitter as S Football Forums. Laurie's on Twitter as Laurie Dunsire. And Greg is on Twitter as Greg Barry. I've also got a, a Twitter account that simply tweets the, the topics from the forum, and that's SFF Topics. So that's us got the end of the podcast. Thanks a lot for both of you coming on. No bother. Uh, be good to have, it's been good having you back, Greg, after a, was it a week off? Aye, ah, it's a, a, week, a week away from the, the airwaves, but could be back. It's uh, the same as they get into the old hearts debates. That might have, might have uh, based <laughs> on a wee bit, but I'm sure that'll keep for another week. Well, we'll, Aye, we'll, we'll keep next Monday free, Greg. We'll get you on. We've only got a couple of SPL games at the weekend, so we'll have plenty of space to speak about the the case and the, the result that we'll... I presume we'll have by the next time we're podcasting. Yep. Right. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. See you later. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.